Hey guys, I am Manusha. If you're new to my podcast, um, so today we'll be reading chap part two of book Adventures of Rusty by Ruskin Bond. We will be reading part two, The Tree Lover. I'm so sorry I couldn't post it as um I had my like I was really busy with my schoolwork with my schoolwork and all and now my exams are going on but to relax but I wanted to relax so I said why not just make a podcast so <clears throat> let's get over with it but before we start please sit in a comfortable position get make sure you have your drink like tea or juice or warm water and you're sitting comfortably and yeah let's get started i was never able to get over the feeling that plants and trees loved grandfather with as much tenderness as he loved them i was sitting beside him on the veranda steps one morning when i noticed the tendril of a creeping vine that was trailing near me near my feet as we sat there in the soft sunshine of a north indian winter i saw that tendril was moving very slowly away from me and towards grandfather 20 minutes later it had crossed the veranda steps and was touching grandfather's feet this was there was probably a scientific explanation for the plant's behavior something to do with the legit and warm but i like to think that it moved that way simply because it was fond of grandfather when it one felt like drawing close to him sometimes when i sat alone beneath a tree i would feel a little lonely or lost but as soon as grandfather joined me the garden would become a happy place the tree itself more friendly grandfather had served many years in the indian forest service and so it was natural that he should know and understand and like trees On his retirement from the service, he had built a bungalow on the outskirts of Dehra, planting trees all around it: limes, mangoes, oranges, and guavas. Also, eucalyptus, jacaranda, and the Persian lilac. In the fertile Dune Valley, plants and trees grew tall and strong. There were other trees in the compound before the house was built. including an old people which had forced its way through the walls of an abandoned outhouse knocking the bricks down with its vigorous growth people trees are great show offs even when there is no breeze the broad chested sl- slim waisted leaves with spine like tops determined to attract your attention and invite you into the shade grandmother had wanted the people tree cut down but grandfather said let it be we can always build another outhouse the gardener dhukki who was a hindu was pleased that we had allowed the tree to live people trees are sacred to hindus and some people believe that ghosts live in the branches if we cut the tree down wouldn't the ghosts go away i asked i don't know said grandfather perhaps they'd come into the house Dukki wouldn't walk under the tree at night. He said that once when he was a youth, he had wandered beneath a people tree late at night and that something heavy had fallen with a thud on his shoulders. 
Since then, he had always walked with a slight stoop. He explained, Nonsense, said Grandmother. Who didn't believe in ghosts? He got his stoop from squatting on his haunches year after year, weaving with that tiny spade of his. I never saw any ghosts in our people tree. There are people trees all over India and people sometimes leave offerings of milk and flowers beneath them to keep the spirits happy. But since no one left any offerings under our tree, I expect the ghosts left in disgust to look for people trees where there was both board and lodging. Grandfather was about 16, a lean active man who still rode his bicycle at great speed. He had stopped climbing trees a year ago. Previously, when he had got to the top of the jackfruit tree and had been unable to come down again, we had to fetch a ladder for him. Grandfather bathed quite often but got back into his car, <coughs> gardening clothes immediately after the bath. During meals, meals, ladybirds or caterpillars would sometimes walk off his shirt sleeves and wander about on a tablecloth. And this was all, this always annoyed grandmother. She grumbled at grandfather a lot, but he didn't mind because he knew she loved him. My favorite tree was the banyan which grew behind the house. Its spreading branches which hung to the ground and took root again formed a number of twisting passageways. The tree was older than the house, older than my grandparents. I could hide in its branches behind a screen of thick green leaves and spy on the world below. The banyan tree was a world in itself, populated with small animals and large insects. While the leaves were still pink and tender, they would be visited by the delicate mop butterfly who left her eggs in their care. The honey on the leaves, a sweet, sticky smear, also attracted the little striped squirrels. Oh my gosh, dogs are barking. I don't know what is happening. Exactly. It's actually 2.10 in AM, so that's why they're packing that much. A pleasing word. <laughs> the honey on the leaves, a sweet sticky smear, also attracted the little striped squirrels, whose spoon grew used to having made the tree and became quite bold, accepting gram from my hand. At night, the tree was visited by the hawk cuckoo. Its shrill nagging cry kept us awake on hot summer nights. Indians call the bird Pausala, which means rain is coming. But according to grandfather, when the bird was in full cry, it seemed to be shouting, Oh dear, oh dear, how very hard it's getting. We feel it, we feel it, we feel it. Grandfather wasn't content with planting trees in a garden. During rains, we would walk into the jungle beyond the river bed, armed with cuttings and saplings, and these and we would plant in the forest beside the tall sal and shishim trees. But no one ever comes here, I protested. The first time we did this, who's going to see them? We're not planting for people only, said grandfather. We're planting for the forest and for the birds and animals who live here and need more food and shelter. He told me how men and not only birds and animals needed trees for keeping the desert away, for attracting rain, for preventing the banks of rivers from being washed away, and for wild animals and grasses to grow beneath. And for timber, I asked, pointing to the silent session trees. Yes, and for timber. But men are cutting down the trees without replacing them, 
for every tree that's felled we must plant two otherwise one day there will be no forests at all and the world will become one great desert the thought of a world without trees became a sort of nightmare for me it's one reason why i shall never want to live on the treeless moon and help grandfather in his tree planting with even greater enthusiasm he taught me a poem by george morris and we would recite it together would man build a tree there's not a single bough in you that shelter me and a protected love would man build a tree there's not a single bough in you that shelter me and a protected love one day the trees will move again said grandfather they've been standing still for thousands of years but one day they'll move again there was a time when trees could walk about like people but long along came the devil and cast a spell over them rooting them to one place but they're always trying to move you see how they reached out with their arms and some of them like the banyan tree with its strong roots managed to get quite far In the autumn grandfather took me to the hills the durars indian cedars oaks chestnuts and maples were very different from the trees i had grown up with in dehra the broad leaves of the horse chestnut had turned yellow smooth brown chestnuts lay scattered on the roads grandfather and i filled our pockets with them then climbed the slope of a bare hill and started planting the chestnuts in the ground I don't know if they ever come up came up because I never went there again goats and cattle grazed freely on the hill and if the trees did come up in the spring they may well have been eaten but I like to think that somewhere in the foothills of the Himalayas there's a grove of chestnut trees and that birds and flying foxes and cicadas have made their homes in them Back in Dehra we found an island a small rocky island in the middle of a dry river bed it was one of those river beds so common in the dune valley which are completely dry in summer but we flooded during the monsoon rains a small mango tree was growing in the middle of the island and grandfather said if a mango can grow here so can other trees as soon as the rains set in and while the river could still be crossed we set out with a number of tamarind laburnum and coral tree saplings and cuttings and spent the day planting them on the island when the monsoon set in the trees appeared to be flourishing this monsoon season was a time for rambling about at every turn there was something new to see out of the earth and rock and leafless bow the magic touch of the moon rains had brought life and greenness you could almost see the broad leaved vines grow plants sprang up in the most unlikely places people would take root in the ceiling a mango would sprout on the windowsill we did not like to remove them but they had to go if the house was to be kept from falling down if you want to live in a tree it's right by me said grandmother but i like having a roof over my head and i'm not going to have it brought down by the jungle The common monsoon sights along the Indian roads were always picturesque. The wide plains with great herds of smoke-colored, delicate-limbed cattle being driven slowly home for the night. 
accompanied by several ungainly buffaloes and flocks of goats and black long-tailed sheep. Then you came into a pond where some buffaloes were enjoying themselves, with no part of them visible but the tips of their noses, while on their backs were a number of merry children, perfectly and happily naked. The banyan tree, banyan tree really came to life during the monsoon when the branches were thick with scarlet face. Humans couldn't eat the berries, but the many birds that gathered in the tree gossipy, rosy pastures, quarrelsome minhas, cheerful bulbuls and coppersmiths, and sometimes a noisy bullying crow feasted on them. And when night fell on the birds were resting, the dark flying foxes clapped heavily about the tree, chewing and munching loudly as they clambered over the branches. The tree crickets were a band of feeling artists who started their singing at almost any time of the day, but preferably in the evenings. Delicate pale green creatures with transparent wings, they were hard to find among the lush monsoon foliage, but once found a tap on the bush or leaf on which one of them sat would put an immediate end to its performance. Toy flu- oh, sorry. At the height of the monsoon, the banyan tree was like an orchestra with the musicians constantly turning up, tuning up. Birds, insects and squirrels welcomed the end of the hot weather and the cool quenching relief on the, of the monsoon. A toy flute in my hands, I would try handling my shell piping to theirs, but they must have thought poorly of my piping, for whenever I played, the birds and the insects kept a pained and puzzled silence. I wondered if they missed me when I went away, for when the war came, followed by the independence of India, I was sent to a boarding school in the hills. Grandfather's house was put up for sale. During the holidays, I went to live with my parents in Delhi. And it was from then I learned that my grandparents had gone to England. When I finished school, I too went to England with my parents and was away from India for several years. But recently, I was in Dehra again. And after visiting, first visiting the old house where I found that banyan tree had grown over the wall and along the part of the pavement almost as though it had tried to follow my grandfather, I walked out of town towards the riverbed. It was February, and as I looked across the dry water course, my eye was caught by the spectacular red plumes of the coral blossom. In contrast to the dry riverbed, the island was a small green paradise. When I walked across to the trees, I noticed that a number of squirrels had come to live in them, and a quail, a sort of crow pheasant, challenged me with a mellow, Who are you? Who are you? The trees seemed to know me. They whispered among themselves and beckoned, beckoned me near. And looking around, I noticed that other small trees and wild plants and grasses had sprung up under the protection of the trees we had placed them. The trees had multiplied. They were moving in one small corner of the world. Grandfather's dream was coming true and the trees were moving again. Here we end Arch Part 2. I hope you guys liked it. So I wanted to tell, please make sure to follow me. Please leave your reviews about my podcast. And I would be very happy if you can 
subscribe to my channel my channel name is Nusha Chandra I'll link it in my you can go to my profile in the description is my channel and in my suggested channels is my dance channel basically my hobby is dancing and I'm so sorry about my voice actually it's 2 10 a.m. 2 21 a.m. of 5 March 2021 and I don't know what happened to me but I hope you guys enjoyed it please be careful have a great day have a great life and see you in next let's see you in the next podcast bye Mm-hmm. <clears throat>